Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. The cat has opened the door. I noticed that. I just noticed that. We're, we're just started recording and the cat has opened the door and Justin's outside the door. And that makes me feel very self-conscious. Now he's listening to our whole... Now he's listening. Our whole thing. Critiquing. When you say the cat opened the door... <laughs> like, he, he shut the door. <laughs> The, the cat shut the door. No, oh, Justin, Justin <laughs> shut the door. The cat opened it. You had a question about the cat opening the door? Like, like, because there are those cats that can jump up and, like, open doors. Or did your cat just kind of push it open? Just pushed it open. Okay. Yeah. I, say, not, I, I don't doubt the talents of your cat, but your cat is very young and new to this world. And if it's already opening doors, she, I would be worried. Um, she, <laughs> probably, she probably could. I think that she would be up to it. She has a, she has gotten up into places. She's climbed the clothes in our closet to like get to the like on top of the bar, Mm. like high up on top of the bar. She climbs me all the time. It was very disturbing, but now I'm used to it. Every time I open the refrigerator, if I just stand there for a second, I will feel her like just leap onto my shoulder. And at first, it was like what the, and now I just know to expect it. Like I've opened the refrigerator. Three, two, one, cat. I'm not the most experienced with cats, but I've never seen an animal do what your animal does. <laughs> it just like it just parkours around your house, mm-hmm. not for really any particular reason, and then somehow is okay. Like it just throws itself. All off cats, of I think, have the urge to parkour. Your cat's particularly good at it. Yeah, she just does it. Mm-hmm. Like she, it's not like she tries and it's like it doesn't work out and she gives up or like she does a little bit. It's just like constant. Jack throws himself around, but a lot of times it doesn't go well for him. He falls <laughs> off of things or just misjudges where he can jump and where he can't. Oh, That's, a, you know. She, uh, she just doesn't... The other thing about Olive is she doesn't like to be alone. So, like, wherever. Especially if I'm here, she is where I am. Yeah. She is just like you. She's a lot like me. I, we have... We have decided because obviously we don't know her exact birthday. We got her, you know, from the shelter, so we don't we don't know exactly when she was born, but we know approximately the time frame she was born by how old she was. So we have decided that we share a birthday. That makes sense. Her birthday sh- is around mine. Sometime it would be that time of the year, mm-hmm. like that time of sometime later in March or early in April. So, yeah, for our intense purposes, her birthday is March twenty seventh, same as mine. See, that's funny. I don't. I have no idea when Jack was born, but I've just started to celebrate his birthday on my birthday because, like, yeah. you can share mine, buddy, because I don't know when yours is. <laughs> that was kind of how I felt. Like, we'll just share it. Yours should be around this time, so we have the same birthday now. Yeah. Maybe we do. I don't know. What's the big deal? Hey. That's a, you, you have a cat. They officially get to have 50% of your birthday. That's just yeah. cat ownership. <laughs> that's the rule. Yeah. I just picked birthdays for the guinea pigs based on what zodiac sign I felt. Um, <laughs> right, right. That's normal. Well, to... because I just, they couldn't <laughs> tell me really how old they were. They had a guess, but it was like a range of like many months. Mm-hmm, they were like, yeah. definitely not a year, but definitely more than like three months. So I was like, all right, I've got a lot of time to play with in there. <laughs> that is a, that's a pretty big range. Yeah. What zodiac signs did you feel like your guinea pigs had? Well, Ruth is a Taurus and Ellie is a Libra. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know where to go. It makes sense. Uh, I, I want what can I ask what traits they expressed that made you feel that way? Um part of it was vibes. Um just vibes. All right. Part of it was that Ruth just felt very also earth signed to me, but I knew one of the times her birthday couldn't be was mine because of when I got her, it fell in that short range of time. She definitely wasn't mm. was my birthday. Um, so I couldn't, couldn't give her the same birthday as me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, is she a Taurus or a Capricorn? And then I don't know. I just was like, you know, she's a little stubborn. She's kind of like a Taurus. It makes sense. I don't think yeah. that they are Capricorn guinea pigs. I'm just yeah. On behalf of Capricorns, I'm just. I don't think that that just doesn't. Vi- that doesn't vibe. I don't. That doesn't That's make fair. sense. 
Guinea pigs are a deeply unserious animal. And <laughs> yes, I, see, I can serious. see that. Yeah, I can see that. That's fair. Somebody look that up. Where's our researchers? Are there <laughs> I mean, any Capricorn guinea pigs? Yeah, I'm definitely wrong, but I'm also right. And I, that's You're it. right. Yeah. Um, I think that Olive, if, if she has my birthday, I think that her Zodiac sign makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. She is very much an Aries cat. You see, I, I mean, I, I actually got Jack in July and he was four months old. So that's that. Jude, May, April. What, what's four months before? <laughs> I went to art school. I mean, you, you, you guys did science and math. Do you have? Is Jack and Aries too? Or are you oh, talking about early, early March? I mean, it's. I, it, I got. I mean, I wouldn't know. He was around four months old when I got him. Sometime in July, I think it was. I think it was towards the end of July. You got a Pisces. You got a Pisces cat Jack there. A Pisces. Maybe he is. He is very lovey and and needy i i mm-hmm. could see that yeah so like mom yeah, <laughs> yeah. do is your cat like mom <laughs> well you know they did get along <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing do pisces get along with each other i don't know that we're, we're no going idea. deeper yeah, into where this the is not our territory <laughs> we don't know about cereal and we don't know about the zodiac <laughs> we know a little about the zodiac we know a little no we have we osmosed it from mom um it's also it's also very aries of me to decide my cat is the same as myself yeah yes that's a very yeah that was very appropriate yeah (laughs) okay we won't get into all your virgo stuff right now (laughs) hey what does that mean (laughs) what's that supposed to mean nothing jerk wow (laughs) um I know we need to we need to talk about our topic, but I feel like I see a lot of like zodiac based TikToks, and anytime it's like these are the signs that are the worst to be stuck in an argument with, or these are the signs that you never want to cross, or these are the scariest signs. It's always Virgo, Capricorn, and Aries are on the list. Yeah. So just like mm-hmm. oh, fun. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> All three of us. That makes I, sense. I, I take issue with the portrayal that I always want to fight. Mm, I don't. Mm. For you. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to be loved. That's what Olive is for. <laughs> I just, I, sometimes I just want people to love me, and then other times I want to fight. It's They're both. They, I, I contain multitudes. <laughs> I just watched Olive, by the way, just go over to the door that she's once again opened um, and just stare it down, like up and down, like she was trying to figure out a way to just jump all the way to the top of it. Well, uh, like it is still just a door. Just she was eyeing it. Justin told me this thing about cats. Taylor, you probably already know this, that they they experience like spatial areas, like all dimensions the same, like in the sense that they do not see a difference between exploring just like the horizontal of their space as opposed to the vertical. Mm. Like this is all space they're supposed to explore. And they like, that is why they'll try to get to higher places or try to climb things or whatever. Is that all of this room from ceiling to floor, wall to wall, all dimensions are part of their territory. <laughs> all dimensions are their domain. <laughs> well, it's not like a, like a human walks into a room and doesn't think like, how can I explore that ceiling? <laughs> sure. But cats do. Yeah. What about Amelia? What's her zodiac situation? She's just sitting over here next to me, staring me down, and it's kind of freaking me out. She was eight months ish when we got her in August. So she's a Capricorn. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, that makes sense. You you, you yeah. can't touch her. That makes sense. Sometimes she enjoys being in our presence. She is yeah. serious enough. She's very yeah. serious. One of the few animals that is serious enough. <laughs> She doesn't trust any of us. <laughs> Absolutely, she's Capricorn. She is just sitting here staring me down like she's waiting for me to do something to her. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What? What's your deal? Yeah. <laughs> Lately, she's let me, like, I'll stick my hand out, and sometimes instead of running, she'll sort of sniff my hand. Mm. She's not She's not quite ready to, mm-hmm. like, be... Like, I've gotten a little head pet, and then she runs. Yeah. Yeah. That reads... <laughs> 
So it was never, we always thought she was part feral, but it wasn't that. It was just her zodiac. <laughs> she's, she's, she's not feral. She's just a Capricorn. I feel like people might have said that about me before. <laughs> um, We're supposed to be talking about Wednesday. Yes. Yes. You know, it's funny. Speaking of Zodiacs and Wednesdays, the other day, Charlie was talking to me. Um, She saw this TikTok that was about like, oh, she was like, oh, instead of Zodiac signs, look, this is supposed to be what you're like based on the day of the week that you're born. She was showing me, she was like, what day were you born? And she was talking about how she and Cooper were both born on Tuesdays or something. And she was like, oh, we're both full of grace and we're sweet or whatever and i was like yeah you are and then they did moms and it was about being like happy and i was like well i'm bored on a wednesday and then she was like oh well you're you're full of woe (laughs) i was like well that's what wednesday was named after wednesday's (laughs) child is full of woe so i guess at least i'm the same as wednesday that's good it was the only sad one on all of the seven days of the week (laughs) that's the cool one yeah that is the cool one yeah yeah, I was born on Sunday. Uh, um, Monday. That means you're happy and gay, I think. No, I think it's loving and giving in every way. Oh, mom's was the other one then, whenever mom was born. Yeah, the child uh, born on the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. Mine was full of face. I mean, oh, yeah. It means oh. we're pretty if you're born mm-hmm. on Monday. Serving face. <laughs> serving face, yeah. You're serving face. Um, does... Before we talk about Wednesday, does my does my daughter think that these are real things? Like that these actually? I mean, she's eight. Is she living so... by this this code now? <laughs> I don't know okay. if she remembers it at this point. It was like a day and a half ago, so <laughs> it could be out of her brain by now. My, mom reinforces a lot of magical thinking, and so my job is to sort of like just pause it. Well, like, well, perhaps we could also think a little critically about some of these statements. <laughs> I mean, she was looking at a little video with these little drawings of each day of the week as a person. She mm-hmm. was like, look, this one's me and Cooper and this one's you. I wasn't going to be like, that's false. I know. Scientifically I know. unproven. Well, I don't do Empirically that. Empirically false. I don't do that. <laughs> I ask intriguing questions I was just to like, allow her oh, to think critically for that's herself. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, the show as Wednesday. I said, she may have forgotten about it by now. <laughs> she doesn't forget anything. That kid forgets nothing. <laughs> um, Wednesday. I brought I brought Wednesday this week um, because it is a very popular Netflix show now, even beating out Stranger Things apparently, which I didn't realize it gotten that big. Wow! Um, but uh, in terms of people watching, but um, yeah, yeah, it just came out not too long ago. Do you think it's because that's that's interesting? Obviously, it's very good. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about it. I, I enjoyed it a great deal. Um, but do you think it also appeals to a wider age? range because mm-hmm. like my kids are too little to watch stranger things mm-hmm. um although cooper really wanted to but Makes sense but i like i felt comfortable letting them watch wednesday mm-hmm. yeah um but i, I mean I, yes i think just like safety wise for mm-hmm. you know people watching it, it's not going to freak them out too bad it doesn't have the same amount of gore and horror as uh stranger things um it's a little scary it's a little scary but more in like a a cartoonier way. Um, but I think it also, it, I mean, that's why it's good to talk about here, I think is because Wednesday and the Adams family are those characters that have been around for many generations, mm-hmm. just like the most recent iteration. So, um, you know, you've got parents that want to watch it because they watched the Christina Ritchie one or, you know, whatever spreads, spans the Or gaps. even older. Or I mean, even older. Adams family's been around Right. Gosh, what, 60s? Yes. 70s? I don't know. However long. Yeah. So I, it gets fuzzy people, but... with the monsters. For yeah. Me. <laughs> it's been around a long time. Yeah. Lots of people that are very familiar with that. Check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, uh, I, it's, uh, it's a good. I don't know, I'm trying to describe Wednesday and, and like a, the plot in like a short, succinct way. And, she goes to a school that's for outcasts, is that they mm-hmm. call themselves? Um, and there's a mystery with a monster that's like terrorizing the regular people community and then the outcast community. Mm-hmm. They're trying the normies. To, normies, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and they're trying. she's trying to solve it because somehow it has to do with her family who also went there when her parents when they were younger and all that stuff. They did a good job of... Um, 
using the words outcast and normie in just like they they introduced them subtly until I didn't think about how like it gave me a little it was a little cringy. It was a little bit of the ick. But like they did it in a way that they got away with it, I felt yeah. like. As like a differentiator. Cause like what are you gonna say? Like the monster kids, the magical kids, the other creatures. You know what I mean? Like Oh, here's my here's my question though. This was the only thing I was confused about when it comes to the population of Nevermore Academy, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be for outcasts, right? Yes. So you've got the students that are like Enid. She's a werewolf, right? And you've got ones like um, the Sirens. Oh, what's her name? But starts with B, right? Bianca. Her is that her name? I don't know. I, there's the I'm Sirens, and there's the werewolves. And then there's vampires, right? Don't they only introduce? Yeah, there there are vampires. I don't I don't feel like we ever really get to see much of them. No, Um, Bianca is right. Bianca, and then there's others that aren't like they don't transform like that. But what you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Wednesday has like her her visions and her psychic stuff going on, but Mm -hmm. no one else really knows about it. But what about like Xavier? Well, he has visions. He's just broody too. and arty. Oh, does he have visions? Well, his art can come alive, That's right? That's true. That's true. Doesn't doesn't his art like it comes to and like he has visions in his dreams? Yeah. Or like Eugene. That. What's what's Eugene? That's what I'm I was trying to grab. Like, is he, this he a can, school can that control bees? Right. Okay. That Bee that power. was my. So yeah. I that's what I was trying to ascertain is does everyone at this school have some sort of like magical ability? I assume they, they're yes. all something. Okay. They're all they're all something. And okay. I think but I think that's why they, they probably settled on outcasts is because some of them seem more like humans with powers and yes. then others are distinctly non human creatures. You yeah. know what I mean? It was kind of an odd just comp- comparison to like the older versions of the Adams family how like I that was always I think part of like the gimmick was are these just weirdos are they magical creatures like what are Adamses mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and the, making them like firmly set in like kind of like oh there there's something fantastical about at, at members of the Adams family was interesting because mm-hmm. that was never really confirmed yeah no you you always got that hint with Fester because he could like do electricity stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, even you know? that, like, he would put the light bulb in his mouth and it would light up. But in this, they fully use it as, like, a power. Like, he can yeah. make electricity from his fingertips. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's good, though. It helps embrace, like, because that was always sort of the weird thing with the Adams is, like, they're very obsessed with death. But I think they do want to be alive. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this helps it a little. Yeah. Because, like, what is all that about? They're just um, goth. That's fine. They're just goth. Yeah. Are they magical creatures or are they just goths? I don't know. Well, I, but then there's, like, the torture stuff. That's what I figured is, like, Adams were always just kind of, like, like Tay said, just, like, weirdos. Mm-hmm. That's just their vibe. It's interesting. They, they, they take Wednesday to a place, though, where you believe the character may be capable of actually killing someone. Yeah. Which is, and I think that's a little bit of a departure. Like in the beginning when she drops the, so she gets kicked out of her old school because she dropped piranhas in the pool. Because mm-hmm. the kids were picking on her brother. She said she's the only one that's allowed to pick on her brother. Mm-hmm. So like, I totally understand that sentiment. Totally get the motivation. But like, she is attempting to maybe kill some of the kids. Yeah. Well. I'm not saying it's I, bad. I I'm just t- saying, I think it's a, it's a, it gives her an edge that I think is new because I feel like, I don't know, she's a little homicidal. I feel like well, that was, I mean, they set the camp on fire and yeah. Adam's family values, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. Maybe it was just the whole tone of the movie, though. I never got the sense like the Adams would never actually hurt anybody. And yes, Wednesday's dark, but she wouldn't hurt anybody. But now I do feel like... 
I felt like that was the right situation. Wednesday would be capable of hurting somebody. Well, obviously she does hurt people. Yeah, I think it's more about the tone because there are lots of jokes in the in the Adams family movies that are like they're clearly referencing that they have all, you know, like committed murder or it's possible Mm -hmm. or you know like I I don't know I think of like when when Gomez is first introduced to like the um, oh gosh Debbie right that was. Mm yeah, she calls him a lady killer, and he goes, "Ah, acquitted." And then they just roll, like, move on. <laughs> that is that is a very funny joke. <laughs> or like, man, what, I love those movies. There's uh, when is it that uh, Morticia's in, talking about Wednesday and says Wednesday's at that very special age where she only has one thing on her mind, and the woman she's talking to is like, "Oh, boys." Wednesday says homicide. <laughs> like, I feel like it's always been there a little bit. Yeah. Like, this this series just kind of makes it very clear yeah yeah it's just less it's it's more of a it's 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 off screen in the movies a bit more yeah yeah it's interesting because i think they're giving her um like it was always kind of treated like a bit of a joke or like an adorable kid thing and now they're making it as she's getting older because she's i mean she's an old enough teenager in this that like she has her own agency she's Mm -hmm. not the kid of the parents this is her Mm -hmm. right it's a shift and I think that um, they're giving her edges that I think are really interesting to see in a younger female character. Because I don't feel like you often get all those edges. Like, she's not, she makes bad decisions sometimes. Mm-hmm. She, like, she trusts her gut, but then she also, sometimes that will lead her astray. I don't know. I think they're, and like, she's sometimes too arrogant, too brash, too clever. I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, like, Sherlock Holmes or something, you know, like, I, I don't know. It's just like sort of a, a jerky edge that I like seeing in a, in a character like this that you don't usually see unless it's like, I don't know, super smart white dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I always prefer protagonists that you aren't, you couldn't say they're good people, mm-hmm. but you also couldn't say they're bad people. Yeah. Like Wednesday does some things to hurt other people that aren't great yes that she doesn't realize she's doing or maybe does realize she's doing but she also is trying to help people and i I appreciate that i think that's better for younger girls to see than you know someone who's like perfect and nice and kind and than a female character who's either one or the other yeah bad or good yeah Yeah. um yeah it's much like elena of avalor that's something i'd like to explore more (laughs) Sounds like you've put a lot of thought into this. But before we do that, let's check the group message. Um, I care about what goes on my body. I know you two do. Um, I, I want to make sure that if whatever sort of personal care products I use, especially when it comes to my deodorant, um, I want it to be something that's going to keep me feeling and smelling good all day long. That's very important to me. I have a, a busy, sweaty life. <laughs> And uh, that's something that we're that I well, I don't want to worry about, you know, I don't want to be out there like working as a doctor and taking care of my kids and doing all the things I do. And then worrying about like, am I sweaty and smelly right now? That's not really something that's on my list. Um, That's why I love uh, native personal care products. I feel really good about the product I'm using. I know it's going to work. I know it's going to keep me smelling good all day long. Um, the ingredient list is stuff that you've heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter and baking soda. And even, even you know, sometimes you worry, like, when you've got a product with those natural ingredients, you're like, oh, well, is it going to work as well? Well, Native Deodorant is designed to provide 72-hour odor protection with these naturally-derived ingredients and a smooth, residue-free application. They've got lots of different scents that you can try. They're always rolling out new ones. They're seasonal ones. There's one cashmere and rain that I really like. Um, you think like, what does that smell? But like, imagine it. Imagine that like sort of soft, fresh scent that cashmere and rain kind of evokes. Well, that's what it smells like. It smells great. I highly recommend it. There's other scents if you like um, vanilla, wildwood and cardamom, warm cider and cinnamon, um, whatever your particular um, preference is. I really like those sort of like fresh scents, though. That's always been my my jam so taylor if our listeners want to check out native what should they do 
Smell and feel fresh all day long with Native. Get 20% off your first order by going to nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout. That's nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout for 20% off your first order. So 2022 is over. It's a new year, new start, new me. Um, a lot of things happened last year. One of the most important, obviously, is that apparently I listened to more music last year than I ever have before by a large quantity, according to my um, phone. Um, but part of that is because my life changed and I had a lot of new things going on. And part of that is because I had my Raycons. I had my earbuds ready to go at all times when I needed them, whether it's on a walk to class um, while I was at the gym, while I was sitting at my desk doing homework. Um, I know recently, uh, towards the end of the year, last year, and the beginning of this year, I've been trying to work on getting better sleep. I have a hard time falling asleep, so I discovered a podcast called The Sleepy Bookshelf, where they read classic literature in a very calming tone, um, but then recap it at the beginning of the next episode, so if you fall asleep, then it's okay. I've been listening to that as I fall asleep, and it's been very relaxing, and um, doing so is comfortable and easy because of my Raycons. And... You honestly need them all the time, but now that it's the new year, then why not just make the jump for premium audio at that perfect price point? Their everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They have customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode, which is great if you're like me and you spend a lot of time walking outside to and from various places. Um, Optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, so you don't have to worry about them falling out. And they're so comfortable, which is why I'm able to try to go to sleep in them, because just so comfy and they're priced just right you get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands so it's a nice little gift to yourself to start the new year off but without breaking the bank um personally i love my raycons for all the times i need to listen to my music and my podcasts uh, if you're a fan of podcasts maybe perhaps this one um there you go there's a new way to listen to them comfier and, and better than ever so tell you if our listeners want to check out Raycon, what should they do? Well, they should go to buyraycon.com slash buffering today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash buffering to score 15% off. Once again, that's buyraycon.com slash buffering. So to continue my thesis. Of I was going to say, so it sounds like you have a thesis ready to go. Not really. I just, as we were talking about it, I was thinking I, that was one of, there was a show on Disney called Elena of Avalor. It was a cartoon about princess of Avalor named Elena, a new Disney <laughs> princess that they introduced. Um, and I, one of the things I really loved about her is that, I mean, she's strong and tough and powerful in the way that a lot of the newer Disney princesses are, but she also sometimes is kind of arrogant and makes um, rash rash decisions like without thinking through things and sometimes that hurts people's feelings and she has to like you know learn from that and apologize whatever it's all presented in a good way but i i like i think i like characters like that for young women because i grew up i think with a lot of messages that there was a perfect that you could be and it was like a perfect that was yes feminine but it was also like strong and smart and capable but in a way that doesn't step on anybody's toes in a way that never gets it wrong in a way that would never hurt someone's feelings mm-hmm. and that i think is what i've tried to aspire to be my whole, what like subconsciously right mm-hmm. was to, to be somebody who yes i'm strong and i'll speak up but never in a way that would like upset anyone mm-hmm. i would never want to take a chance of doing that because that's like the worst thing you can do on earth and I think that's a really unhealthy message to send um, to young people because you're going to make mistakes and you're going to hurt people's feelings. And if you do stand up, sometimes people won't like you. And like th- that is a- these are all OK. Mm-hmm. And learning how to cope with that and having a role model who goes through that and is still seen as like a positive figure, a protagonist that you want to be like. It's a really powerful figure for mm-hmm. young people. You know, I think Bianca is also a good example of that because I think she's someone that at first we're supposed to see her as like the quote unquote mean girl, like the female antagonist that we're not supposed to like, whether it's because she is dating the other boy that I guess we're supposed to think from the beginning, like, oh, he and Wednesday, Mm -hmm. Um, or if it's just because she's like popular, um, but very quickly, I think the show does a good job of making it clear that she's not a mean girl. She's not like a bad person. She just also has a lot going on in her life and is a girl who 
knows what she wants and goes out of her way to pursue her goals and, you know, be Mm -hmm. the kind of person she wants to be um, while also dealing with the same struggles of like who she is and her family and her life that we all do. Um, And there's no, there's no, it is set in like a high school, but there's no mean girl. There's no like bad person. They're just teenagers. She thinks she's the best at fencing because she is. She is. (laughs) Yeah. She's just owning it. She's not that. And I like that too, because again, I feel like back in our day, that character who like is owning how good they are at something would definitely be a dude and it would be presented as a cool thing. And for her to be owning that she's good at something like she would fail, like you would have to have that character fail so that you could punish her for being proud. Which can I say it is great that when Wednesday challenges her right off the bat that Wednesday loses because I think you expect like, oh, Wednesday is the protagonist here. She's the one we root for. She's the one we all like. And this is the mean girl. So obviously she's going to beat her. And then it's important for Wednesday to lose because she realizes like, oh, maybe I shouldn't act like I'm the best at everything all the time Mm -hmm. um, and be a little bit arrogant about things like that. And also because it shows that like, no, Bianca's not acting like she's the best because she's mean. She is because she is the best. Mm -hmm. I I thought that was really good. I didn't expect that. I I really enjoyed Enid. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think she was my favorite character. Well, and kind of along the same lines, though, because, you know, I think the the what the the girly girl is sometimes that's kind of the dim- the the dimensions of her personality are just that. And it's like, no, she's just somebody with a very high emotional intelligence. You know, mm-hmm. she manages to break through to Wednesday in a way that almost you don't even see with her family, which I think is cool. You know, I would just yeah. they, show that. Yeah. Up. No, they do. And they do a really good job of you could if you didn't handle that well, both in writing and in the the actor's ability, she could come across as a little bit pathetic. Right. Mm. Like you could you could you could play that wrong and it would be like Wednesday walks all over and she lets her. Mm-hmm. They don't play it that way. She doesn't seem pathetic to me. She seems mature. She seems like someone who's saying, well. Wednesday has some issues with connecting to people, with being emotional, emotional, with understanding friendship. And I am willing to give her space to figure that out. And I'm willing to let this relationship take its time to grow. I am mature enough and intelligent enough to let this take its time because I believe it's worth it in the end. And that you don't ever see like maturity like that represented at that age. And, and shown is like a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like she's not getting walked all over. Yeah. She's being mature. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about, I, I might spoil it for anyone who's not seen all of it, but I sure. do want to talk about the the reveal towards the end because I think it's another case of, I, the more we talk about it, I think this show is just very good at subverting expectations of like stereotypes you see in a high school drama setting um, mm-hmm. because they're kind of all there at a surface level, but then they're all very different once you actually get into it. Um, so the Hyde is the big monster of the season, which mm-hmm. I think is a cool name for it. Like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, <laughs> right. like that. Yeah. That's cause it's a, it's a, it's a human and turning a into monster. a monster. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, that's the, that's the monster they're looking for is who is secretly a Hyde that's killing these people. Um, and it turns out to be da da da, dreamy coffee shop boy, Tyler. Yeah, I, it took us a while to remember which one was Dreamy Coffee Shop Boy and which one was Dreamy Art Boy. They did. Uh, the, the, the two actors were very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, when they're side by side, I know which one is which. But, but like, then when they put Dreamy Art Boy in the coffee shop uniform, that was, like, cheating. <laughs> like, like, just, like, lanky, blonde-ish boys, right? That's yeah. kind of, yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, a little dreamy, a little broody. Obviously, something's torturing them both. Yes. They both have family drama. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is basically both Tyler and Xavier, except mm-hmm. one is artsy and the other one is, well, a, a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, um, that was the moment where I was watching it while I was working on an art piece. And I was like, I think I have to pay attention to this show a little bit more because I keep, I keep <laughs> confusing which one, which <laughs> Uh, which boy is is what boy? I don't know that the boys apart. 
it gets too better. many points. And I mean, and I mean, it doesn't help that like they're sort of our two leading suspects. Yeah. For like, who is this monster? Both of them, and and you and know, and the two suspects for who's who's Wednesday going to kiss? Yeah. Yes. So they're yeah they're sort of fighting for her affection. Either might be killing people. <laughs> I don't know. It gets. I think it gets better as it goes on. I think at the beginning they would both like, I don't know, fail the sexy lamp test. You know, yeah, the what? You know, the sexy lamp test. It's supposed to be for women, but like basically, if a woman in a movie can be replaced by a sexy lamp, oh, okay, <laughs> it's like the Bechtel test, but yeah, it's the sexy lamp test. Okay. Anyway, I think in the beginning there's a little bit of that, but then yeah. they, then they're given more agency, personality, storyline. Especially Xavier gets a little bit more because at first it's just like so I what's forgot your about deal? him so often. <laughs> I forgot he was there. Um, but I I again it, like like they there's no mean girl, there's no like girly girl who can't stand up for herself. There's no like you know too arrogant mean bad protagonist even, even eugene who is portrayed as kind of like the nerd right mm-hmm. like he's the only one in the beekeeper club <laughs> and and he's all alone and like wednesday oh, joins eugene. the beekeeper club and then when he gets injured and he's in the hospital like she's the one that comes to visit i don't know like it's all it he's he's seen as like this little nerd kind of guy in like a, your usual high school thing mm-hmm. and then at the end he comes in and can control bees which is terrifying <laughs> He saves the day with those he does. bees. He does. He saves Wednesday's life with those bees. Um, and, he attacks uh, Christy Ricci with those bees. <laughs> but but Tyler is the the spoiler. Tyler's the hide. Yes. Um, and he is supposed to be this like I think stereotypical dreamy, nice, quiet boy next door who like has a mean dad, but he's kind and. He gives Wednesday free coffee and I don't know, he's a normie, but he doesn't care if they're outcasts and he's supposed to be like nice and accepting and um but then he's actually just very evil. He's not just like I can't help it, I'm a hide I who I am. He's like the bad. No, he owns it. Big bad. I did you think there was a the one plot hole I felt like a little bit. So the principal, Miss uh what was her name? Oh she was very good. She was very good. Who, who can shapeshift? Uh, yes. Weems. Yes. Weems. Miss Weems. Yes. Um, Principal Weems, they, they, one of the keys to solving it all at the end for Wednesday is that she figures out that Tyler's mom was also an outcast. Tyler's mom was a hide. Mm-hmm. And went to Nevermore. And went right? to Nevermore. Yeah. And Weems knew this. Don't you think it's a little weird that in all of this going on, there was never a moment that Weems was like, well, I bet it's that kid. <laughs> I, bet, I bet it's the sheriff's kid whose mom was also one of those same very rare, you know, mystical creatures. <laughs> Don't you think it's a little weird? Because Wednesday brings it up and she's like, well, yes, but, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, okay. Yeah. That's a fair point. I was trying to remember now because I was thinking back because there is that point. Because, I mean, you'd also like Weems is sort of a suspect through a lot That's of true. Yeah. Like you at yeah. least think that she might be up to no good um and when wednesday sort of comes to her with everything she says well you should have come to me at some point so i don't i'm trying to remember like what did she know and what did wednesday just know by herself like was mm-hmm. the principal as clued into what was going on as wednesday was but you know you, you had to keep you, you had to keep the audience guessing on if the principal was a bad guy or not right. sure yeah you definitely got that impression in the beginning and and i I will say I suspected Christina Ricci had something to do with it all the whole time just because it was her. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not going to bring in Christina Ricci, who was like, I for me, that's the Wednesday I fell in love with. Like, mm-hmm. that's the Wednesday that like, oh, this is a cool character. Yeah. Was when Christina Ricci played her. You, you're not just going to bring her in to sort of be like, I'm just the quirky, you know. Yeah. Plants teacher who, you know, hangs out in these cute glasses and yeah. like wishes I was an outcast too like you know like you're you're doing something with her she's doing something well I feel like there there is always that like when she comes in you realize she's like one of what the only people at this school who is she's not the, she's outcast. the only normie, yeah right? the only one I feel like there's got I mean also she's got those red boots that's ominous right there <laughs> hey those come into play they do they do 
like she's they're like like because they're like blood red mm-hmm. red is like blood mm-hmm. so that's thick and they're red well it's yeah. also the the thing that eugene remembers right that's yeah that's what he sees tips wednesday yeah. off I again think, eugene saving the day again i think it's all i mean the mystery part i think is pretty well done i thought it was well done mm-hmm. um i thought uh obviously it was all very well acted mm-hmm. but i was remembering pilgrim world um oh, and i yeah. just think that's a very underrated feature of this community that we're we forgot to mention is that it, it very much sets the tone for the kind of town that this mm-hmm. is in like the the town at large not nevermore but the town that it is in has pilgrim world yes. the amusement park that is about pilgrims <laughs> they're definitely they're definitely like edging up on well i mean they address colonizers yeah and colonialism and those sorts of issues not I don't think they embrace it as like that's the whole theme of right. the thing, but that's definitely part of the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what when when Wednesday is forced to wear that pilgrim costume and sell mm-hmm. fudge. Yes. That's what she's telling people. Well, we know they can't understand what she's saying, but it's all about colonization and how she can't believe she has to do this. And um, I, I guess it's because that's like the the clear origins of the town because you've also got the whole goody adams thing with like the witch trials and stuff going on that's supposed to be in the same town and her family is from do they say mexico i think so i forget exactly where they reference that her roots are not the pilgrims yes yeah yeah, there's a lot of that historical stuff that I think is is worth adding into it because it adds good context, but also is a lot to add in and factor in with all the other current stuff mm-hmm. going on. There are times where I was like, hold on, slow down. Who is this again that's Jenna Ortega in another costume that is talking to Jenna Ortega <laughs> in this costume? I did. I, feel, I felt like I looked away for a second and suddenly there were there were two of them. I'm like, I, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> What is happening? A lot um, happened in this show. Can I say though, it's it's so wildly impressive that she for this role took cello lessons and fencing lessons and uh German lessons. Like, is, that's she very did cool. all she, of that. She also did the dance scene all on all on her own. She choreographed that yeah. alone, yeah. Which, Which of is course is iconic. Yeah. That that is the thing that I think took a lot of people by storm was yeah. the yeah. I, Even though it's now gone viral on TikTok with the wrong song. I know. That's the Lady Gaga song. And I've oh. seen so many people say like, oh, it should have been the Lady Gaga song, which is such a bummer because it's the Cramps, it's the Goo Goo yeah. Lock which is a great song. It's like, oh, yeah, the kids are going to learn about a cool new band. It's like, no, nope, mm-hmm. they're just going to learn. I mean, I love Lady Gaga, too, but we knew that. We knew Lady yeah. Gaga's good. Yeah. No, and the, the, the song that it's in the show, like, it works. It's Adam's Family. It works. Yes. Yeah. It's very... Okay. Justin and I debated this. So they saw she solves a puzzle where you have to snap twice, a la Adam's family, Mm -hmm. to open a secret passageway. Cheesy or good? Like, is that cheesy or is it a good tribute? I don't think those are different. I don't think those are opposite things. Yeah, (laughs) they're not mutually exclusive. Uh, It got it got an eye roll from Justin and a big smile from me. So that's what I'm I'm trying to figure out. Like, where did it land? I think that's the right reaction. <laughs> yeah. I think there were lots of things in this show that were that for me. Like, it was kind of both like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> like, I, I will know. watch Gomez and Morticia's, like, like w- super affectionate, PDA-ridden, yeah. like, love affair any day of the week. I love those two. I love them that this is their marriage, and I love that. I, I just, every time they come on, I smile. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. so good. They're so happy together. It's such a healthy marriage. <laughs> I do I do love, though, that of all the things that they brought back that are very much the same as all, a lot of past iterations, like they had to have the snaps and Gomez and Morticia feel very mm-hmm. similar to all previous Gomez and Morticias. They don't feel wildly different. Um, thing yeah. was so great in this yes. because I feel like Thing is sometimes a forgotten member of the Adams family. Like, obviously, Thing is always there, but... I don't know. I never thought of thing as having like a personality, but it's like it's it's its whole own 
thing mm. with like mm. a personality and it talks to people and not just Wednesday like it like yeah develops relationships with like Enid and um I don't know I I, I cried when thing was maybe a, a dead thing okay but that scene where Uncle Fester is giving what the shock re- revival yeah. whatever's going on there that it's like i know this is dramatic but this is ridiculous just fred armison rubbing his fingers together and just fred touching Armis- the little hand I, I lost it when fred armison came on as uncle fester i did not realize he was going to be part of this yeah. and i was like i can't i don't think i can take this seriously but i'm not taking any of this seriously so it's fine it, it was good casting though yeah no he was good is, at it is fester always like criminal like is he always like on the run because that uh, felt like it felt right it didn't yeah. feel wrong but i was just like this i get it but it's just always i mean is that mm-hmm. okay yeah i mean in that fester's thing well, I, mean, I mean he's weird like, he's got electricity powers and something and and then i think he also probably does crimes like that's he I does think that's part of his <laughs> part of his thing i don't know if he's yeah. always on the run necessarily sure. but like doing crimes i think is part of it I'll be honest, I am shamefully most familiar with the Addams Family musical, so <laughs> I am familiar with those personalities, um, which is another great iteration, honestly, mm-hmm. in the canon, I'll just say. Well, I very much enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought I thought the whole series was delightful. It reminded me a little bit of Veronica Mars. It reminded mm-hmm. me a little bit of Buffy. Um, I really liked it. Yeah. Well, it felt like, you know, and this is not a bad thing, but it, it kind of felt like, like, I don't know, like Halloween Town. It, it felt like a, like a Disney Channel movie. Yeah. Just with a little bit of a, a like a higher rating, like a PG-13. Mm-hmm. This isn't mm-hmm. a bad thing. It just was, I was, I was expecting it to take itself a little bit more seriously. And I'm kind of, kind of fine with the fact that it didn't. It, like the Sabrina show yeah. kind of felt like that vibe. Yeah. Yes. You know, oh. what did that for me was the monster when they finally show the hide. Yeah, like in its full face self, and you're like, "Oh, this is, this is a silly cartoon guy. This is very silly. This mm-hmm. isn't really that scary. This is a silly guy." That was the that was the thing that clicked. Like, okay, that my kids can watch this because the monster didn't freak them out. Yeah, they thought it was kind of funny. They thought the big eyes were kind of cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, which makes sense. I mean, for the for the setting and the tone, and also I think to reach that wider audience because with the exception of that monster none of the rest of it really is adult or scary mm-hmm. oh, there, there's um, there's murder well okay you're right there is murder that's death i you're mean right. uh, maybe maybe you have to watch gwendolyn christie die although i don't know i don't think she's dead no mm. the principal you don't think she's dead I, what i mean I just am going to go ahead and assume that if you're going to make, because I know that, well, I don't know, a season two hasn't necessarily been secured, right? Well, I think there was some issue with, like, a merger of Amazon and um, oh, Warner Brothers or MGM or whatever that oh, is know. that, like, owns the Adams Family property, but now they've merged or been bought by or done some sort of business thing with Amazon, so I think that's why Netflix didn't announce it is because they don't know if that will be an a Amazon problem. property now. Well, that would suck. I mean, I, I, know. I certainly think Netflix would want to because it's bigger. That's than why I couldn't that. believe they hadn't announced it yet because if it blows up bigger than, I mean, the the darling of Netflix, Stranger Things, then they're <laughs> not going to do it again. Well, I can't um, imagine yeah. if they do get a second season that you wouldn't. I mean, she's such a draw. There's lots of talented people in this cast, but I mean, I was... At, at least 50% distracted by just, like, giant, beautiful woman most yes. of the show. <laughs> yes. She is great. Yeah, she's fantastic. And they already said that Tyler breaks out of that van in the second season. Oh. Yeah. They interviewed the creator, and they were like, oh, yeah, he's he's out of there. Season two. He's done. Yeah. It's so. Uh, yeah. Well. Um, thank you all for watching Wednesday. Yeah, um, of course. No, I, I had already watched it before yeah. you had assigned yeah. it. But still. It was excellent. For- talking about it with me i did really enjoy it and highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it it's on netflix yeah i i thoroughly i thoroughly enjoyed it um what's next uh i want to talk about an old movie it was a movie i went on my first date to see called the sandlot oh boy (laughs) all right if you're doing if you're doing some math there yes i was in fourth grade we can talk about that next week (laughs) 
Because <laughs> everyone was doing the math, knowing Absolutely. exactly what year you were born <laughs> when that movie Listen, came out. I know someone out there, I know who you are, someone out there was thinking, that, hmm, wasn't she kind of young? Some, well, somebody out there was thinking that. It wasn't me. I wasn't doing the math. I'm never doing the math. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both. Um, if you're one of the, the few people who has not watched Wednesday yet, there's like two people. Yeah. <laughs> you should watch it. Um, and uh, thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there that you would enjoy. You can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at StillBuff at MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am, am too. too. That's the best snap. That was good. I would not be able to to solve that puzzle because I can't snap. Oh, no. Mm. Mm. (laughs) This is a sad Mm. ending. (laughs) Hey, that's Ben. And that's Adam. And together we host a show called Greatest Trek on Maximum Fun that covers all of the new Star Trek shows. Lower Decks, Strange New Worlds, Picard, Prodigy, Discovery, and any other Star Trek show Paramount throws at us. Come check it out for our funny and formative recaps of all the new stuff the Star Trek industrial complex churns out. It's in your podcatcher every Tuesday. Subscribe to Greatest Trek. It's a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of The Greatest Generation. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.